0: This episode of Revision Path is brought to you by Facebook Design. Facebook Design invests in building and teaching designers using the best tools for the job. I asked product designer Nicholas Nzuki what he has learned about design since working at Facebook.
1: Uh, Well, you know, like Facebook has a really big emphasis on speed,
2: um, designing super fast and really quick iteration speeds.
1: For me, what I've learned is to know when something is good enough to go out. Sort of the power of letting go facebook teaches you to resist polishing something until it's pixel perfect um, and actually launch something that's very small
2: um, to see if it's successful and then iterate based on those results
0: learn more at facebook.com forward slash design are you looking for a job do you know someone who's looking for a job then check out our job board over at revisionpath.com forward slash jobs. This week, Project 202 is looking for a senior experienced researcher in Seattle, Washington. We also have job listings from Indeed.com, so head to the Revision Path job board at revisionpath.com forward slash jobs to apply and to search for any other listings. Don't forget to sign up for weekly job alerts so when there are new positions added to the job board, you'll get an email so you can be the first to apply. Welcome to the Revision Path podcast. My name is Maurice Cherry, and before we get into this week's interview, I wanted to talk about our sponsors, Glitch, Google Design, and MailChimp. Glitch is the friendly community where you'll build the web app of your dreams. Whether it's beautiful digital art, handy tools to help you do your work, or a site for your project or cause, you'll find things on Glitch that remind us the web can still be a fun, creative place full of unexpected surprises. Get started at glitch.com. Google Design is a cooperative effort led by designers, writers, and developers at Google. They work across teams to publish original content, produce great events, and foster creative and educational partnerships that advance both design and technology. For more information on news, design resources, and their design podcasts, check them out at design.google. MailChimp is the world's leading marketing platform for small businesses. Millions of people and businesses around the world trust MailChimp to publish the right content to the right person at the right place at the right time. Build your brand, sell more stuff, find your people, and tell the world your story. Sign up for a free account today and give it a try. MailChimp. Send better email. Now, if you're listening to this episode and you want to hear next week's episode a little bit earlier, maybe with no ads, then you should become our patron over at Patreon. Now more than ever, Revision Path needs your support to make sure that stories about black designers and creatives in our field are being told in their own words. So if you support us, if you support our mission, just go to patreon.com forward slash and pledge today. For just $5 a month, you can get access to behind the scenes information about the show, upcoming articles and interviews, and so much more. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Now for this week's interview. For the month of August, we're focusing on Atlanta's vibrant art scene, and we're starting things off with digital illustrator Goldie Gold. Let's start the show. All right, so tell us who you are and what you do.
1: What up? Um, I'm a Goldie Gold. I'm like a blue-collar digital artist down here in Atlanta. You know, I do a lot of things here and there, but a lot of artwork when I make the time.
0: All right. So when you say a blue-collar digital artist what do you mean when you say that like you have a job on the side or like a main job that you're doing while you do your work on the
1: side yeah 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 i have like you know i work and then like i said do my artwork later i work that's like automatic like i'm on robotic on that but then after that you know i focus a bulk of my energy in that artwork, you know what I mean? So that's been the case for a minute. I know a lot of people are like, yo, why don't you do free, um, freelance and all of that? And <laughs> I, don't know, <laughs> I don't have a problem with clients, but I know they have tendencies of not being on point, And I don't want to be committed to people that's not on point. Yeah. You know? So I had a job as a backup.
0: Yeah. I feel you. And I
1: have good insurance, too, so, you know, hey, I mean, I'm, don't,
0: not, I'm not <laughs> <complaining>. <laughs> Don't lose that, especially not, not um, in this current yeah. climate. I feel you. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I did the freelance thing for, for nine years before I got my current job, so I know exactly 100% what you mean. It's not just something you can just go off into. There's a whole – it's like going off a cliff in terms of yeah. what changes in your yeah. life. Like, it, it changes your whole life being a freelancer, Versus having just a regular job,
1: yeah. Like you said, it's like going off the cliff and hoping your yeah, parachute open. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so like I, plenty of my people are freelance artists, and you know I salute them every time they do get a big job or people are paying on time or whatever. Because I I still know that feeling too, but it's just when they had them dry spells, it's a dry spell. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about your art right now. What projects or things are you working on that you can talk about?
1: Well, I just finished doing an art show. It was me and my um, other art partner. You know, I have plenty of art partners, but with him fully, like, his name is Flux. We had an art show together, and I'm about to work with Art Beats and Lyrics down here in Atlanta they like a traveling art show. Mm-hmm. So they usually tend to jump off around this time, August or September, where we start submitting work and then after that we start just going to different cities. So I've been a part of them for about ten no, maybe twelve years. Okay. Twelve years. So it's it's always a good experience because being online, a lot of people see your artwork, but they they don't see it in person. Mm-hmm. So when they go to you know San Francisco, Miami, Chicago, and you have people up there following you online but never met you and actually see your artwork, you're like, oh, God, you know what I mean? So I'm definitely glad to be a part of that.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like with social media in particular, what ends up happening with a lot of artists' work is how quickly it gets like commodified or stolen quite frankly in some cases and you never really know like how it like who was the original artist like it, there's not that attribution so people know that it's you you know they don't get to see the art or the artist really in person in that way
1: I mean and that's why sometimes it's if not even sometimes it's good to have a style like you know mm-hmm. have a style that everybody is familiar with so even if somebody do take a picture and trying to crop it short where they take out their signature or something, there's going to be always somebody on there like, no, that's, that's going to go artwork or that's such and such artwork. And they, and they get back to you just that quick. So that's always a good thing to have a particular style with what you create.
0: How would you and describe? You oh, yeah. How would you describe your
1: style? Um, colorful. You know, it's kind of loose but complex at the same time. You know, what I mean, and I and I I create it that way. So I I've seen like artwork that's perfect. You know, and people tend to look at it and be like, "Oh, that's perfect. That's good." And then go on to the next, unless you know they are actual artists where they study the style and everything. But I create my artwork where you know, even the common person see it, they'll they'll feel good about like, man, maybe it's possible for me to get in the art, even if they're doing it as a hobby.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, I, I try to make it like really less intimidating. So, yeah, that, that's always usually my approach, like colors, you know, loose shapes and everything like that. And something matter, of course.
0: So talk to me kind of about your, your creative process because you mentioned subject matters. I'm kind of interested in that. Like how do you approach uh creating a new project?
1: Um like if it's for myself, I you know, I tend to I tend to use people that's you know that's known but not known. Like um I just recently like did like a practice artwork of Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. Like, underground people know him, but he's not probably in the main frame as, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce and stuff like that. So, it's always a uh, a learning thing with, with how I do it, where I do it and create it and, you know, put you up on something new at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But that's, that's usually the case. But then, after that is like like I say, colors, um, layout, try to get a feel or try to create a feel for people when they actually see it.
0: Are you working mostly um with digital tools or do you kind of just start off with like regular pen and paper sketching?
1: Oh, I still do the um the pen and paper and then scan it and then work on it on Illustrator. I'm still I'm still having a tough time with the getting into that tablet stage because I just love working with pen and paper in mm-hmm. the beginning, you know, as a thought process, but, uh, I'm, I'm going to make my way to it. It i just, I'm, I'm taking baby steps towards it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been amazing. I'd say within the past, like maybe like 10 or 15 years, how the whole kind of digital tablet kind of, uh, landscape has changed like before and people still use this. They use like those big uh Wacom like Cintiq tablets where you can really just draw like right on there, like a drafting board almost. But now you've got tools like affinity photo or affinity designer. I actually just heard recently. Adobe is going to be coming out with Photoshop on the iPad next year. Wow! So like now you've got it where these tablet devices are now, you know, kind of entering that realm in a more affordable way for people to do, like, yeah. digital art and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, especially, like like you said, more affordable, because when I first got down here and, you know, I started getting into, you know, the computer, you know, digital illustration, and it was like, you know, you, you ask your buddy, like, hey, I don't got Illustrator. It was like, okay, I'll pass it to you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It, was like, it was just like, it's always like somebody had the latest version that you know you can get because we we didn't have no we didn't have money to pay for the um you know the fees to get it so it was always a a good thing doing that yeah
0: man I'll never forget when Adobe uh, switched over to that subscription model woo man <laughs> that I mean personally I mean at the time I was like okay well. I was like, because I was still doing my studio stuff, I was like, well, I can afford it because I can just kind of roll it into, you know, whatever client work and stuff that I've got going on. But, like, for people that are just starting out, that is really kind of cost prohibitive. I feel like they're trying to make it a little bit better now, but it's still not great. Like, if you want to use more than one app, it's still $50 a month, which is a lot, especially if you're a student or something. That's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. And you 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 trying to get paid off the clients? <laughs> yeah. And then you got to worry about the fifty dollars <laughs> a month or whatever. It's like, man, it's almost like you working just for that instead of, you know, building, you know, your name and skill up. Right. So it's like you got your back against the wall. You still got to pay rent and everything else.
0: It's so funny, I, I, and I've talked to people at Adobe about that too, like how cost prohibitive that is. Cause just like you were saying, like when I started out, I got, I started using Photoshop in like, maybe like high school or something. So this was like mid to late nineties or so. And yeah, you would, you would download it from somewhere lime wire or, or some shady site or something yeah. and, and get the, and get the crack and like work on it, you know, cause that's whatever that version was. And yeah, it was illegal, but like, that's that's how you learned it, because at the time yeah. it was like if you wanted to buy the software, it was I forget how much it was. I want to say maybe like four hundred, five hundred dollars if you wanted to buy Photoshop. I don't know if it was that expensive, but it was too expensive for me at that time to purchase it. If I just want to like learn how to use it, you know,
1: yeah, yeah cause you got to you got to. Yeah I, yeah, I get it because <laughs> like, you, you got to get on it to. You know, it's like with anything, like with a car you gotta test drive it to to figure out if you wanna you um buy it, you know what I mean? It, it ain't even with that, it's like you gotta just straight up purchase it. Yeah. You know? So it's but yeah, that's how I worked it worked and and now that, that was just dope about the art community then even back then it was just like, Yo, yo, don't worry about it, I got it and you know, and just pass it off. And then, you know, you do the same thing with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Just so, you know, they have one less thing to worry about.
2: Yeah.
0: I would go to... Um, <laughs> I'm telling all my shit here. I, I would go to the... Um, <laughs> there's, there's a barn. There's a Barnes & Noble up in Buckhead. Um, it's like right near that... You know what I'm talking about, right where that Moses is on Peachtree? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I would yeah. go... Because I, I used to stay not too far from there. But I would go to that Barnes & Noble and get you know, whatever those, those, like, I don't know where the books were from, but it'll be those kind of books that have all the little tutorials about how to make stuff. And I would go in there and just like, yeah. And they had a disc in there. I would go in there and like write the stuff down in the store or like, or like take a picture and just put the book back on the shelf and then just go home and use. Cause I I mean, those books were like 40, $50 just for the book, you know? And I'm like, look, I already didn't pay for the software. So you think I'm paying for the book? That ain't going to happen. But, but I mean, that's how you, that's how you learn. Cause there would be little tutorials and stuff, but I feel like everybody, you know, especially in that early, like early two thousands ish area, like we were all just kind of yeah. trying to learn it, you know?
1: Yeah. Cause I'm, I, we was on the, um, we was on this art site and it was like, we was doing, we used to do art battles on there and everything. And this dude, he was one of those tutorials, like the creative artwork. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody was like, "Oh, you know, you know, that's dope." And somebody pulled it up, like, Yo, you created this? With this?" And, you know, <laughs> <and> it, <laughs> oh man, it changed the mood just completely because, like you said, everybody is just trying to figure it out, and you know, it's like a touch and feel. Yeah, and it's like, oh, and you, you, you using this. To create yours, you know what I mean. So it's almost like blasphemy. <laughs> <But>
2: <laughs> oh but, man! You know,
1: going through the process is always—it's always a beautiful thing, man. It's, it's a heartache sometimes, but it's always like when you got it, you like yes, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, but I it, get but
0: it. yeah, it takes some time to to get to that. Like, I mean, now I think there's. I think there's like some tools out there now that people are trying to use like in lieu of Photoshop. I mean, the thing with Photoshop and all the Adobe stuff now is that it's like, it's industry standard. So when the industry is already kind of moving towards that, Adobe knows that they can then, you know, charge extra because they're like, well, what else are you going to use? You know, Yeah. but now there's other tools out there. Like I mentioned affinity designer and affinity photo, for example, there, there's this company out of, uh, out of Germany. And they make these sort of like they're sort of like Photoshop and Illustrator. I mean, they look different, but they do the same stuff and they come out and they're a fraction of the cost. Like, I think they're both fifty dollars each and like there's no subscription. So you just pay for that and then you can use that as you need to use it. So it's a it's a bit more, you know, affordable, still not free, but it's easier, I think, to get started with that than like, you know, trying to have to crack something or. The download something so from like a shady a, a torrent or something.
1: Version of the original.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I would. Uh, I don't know if I would say generic because the thing is that the the affinity programs can also use Photoshop files. So like you can import okay. a Photoshop file or Illustrator file and work on it in there. I don't know. Yeah, generic. I'd say just just a different brand. It's like Coke and Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about
1: people be like, I'm not even gonna use (laughs) that.
0: I mean it's usable. Like there's i mean, there's a learning curve to it, like it is, I think, with any kind of program like that. But uh I guess it's probably better because it's you're not paying fifty dollars a month to learn it. You pay one time and then you can just keep using it, like there's free updates and everything. So
1: Oh, you can't beat that.
0: Yeah. So tell me, um, what, what drew you to come here to Atlanta? I know you're originally from uh, from Jersey. What drew you yeah. here to uh, to Atlanta?
1: Oh, uh, man, it was, I don't know. It was like, I was kind of getting in trouble in Jersey. You know, it was <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, to put it right, I was trying to kind of get in trouble. And it was just like, and it's easy to get in trouble when you don't have, you know, no creatives around you you know what I mean mm. so you just go with the flow and then I just remembered you know when I graduated out of high school I don't know I had a good counselor because he had all these art brochures getting mailed to my crib and I was like man where did this comes from and then um I saw one for um Atlanta Art Institute and it always stuck to me mm. so you know I was like Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the phone call, and even then, I was kind of procrastinating because I was supposed to go there, and I think the winner, and I was procrastinating, and then um, I called again, and I was and I was about to procrastinate again, and I can't, I will, I I'll never forget this. Like the lady or the counselor, she started mocking me on the phone.
2: Like, <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> I'm like, she don't even know me, you know what I mean? But it, it got me to come down there, you know what uh-huh. I mean? It got me to really come down, you know, to Atlanta. Because she was like, mm-hmm. like, they like baby voices towards me. And I was like, oh, nah, i fine, right? There. So it, it got me to come down to Atlanta. And I mean, I'm glad I did come the time I did because, you know, I met a lot of, artists that are still doing their thing right Mm -hmm. now, so yeah, it was yeah, Atlanta Art Institute was pretty interesting
0: What year was that? What year was that?
1: Oh man, that was like it it was like in the 90s it was because now the Art Institute is in over there, I think near Georgia Perimeter
0: yeah, but well no, it's, it's up in uh Alf- it's up near Alf I wanna say it's up near Alpharetta, but it's it's further up. No, it's in Sandy Springs, that's where it is. It's it's further north. Yeah, Sandy
1: Springs. Yeah. Sandy Springs. But it used to be up on um it used to be on P Street over there near Lenox Mall. Oh, okay. It used to be like right right there. And you know and that's where I, that's where I went when I first got down here. And it was like I'm I've never been to, you know, an uh, art college or college in general. So it was just a, a completely different experience. You know, I mean, just trying to figure it out. And, you know, when they when they start having us working on the computer and I'm like, you know, I've never sat behind a computer before and trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just trying to figure out the direction because at first I went under graphic design and, you know, I was trying to figure out graphic design, but I always drew, you know what I mean? So I was like, man, I might have to, you know, switch my major to, you know, illustrator. And then, then when I found out later that you could do digital illustrator, if digital illustration, I was like, oh man, that's almost like the best of both worlds because I'm familiar with, with graphic design, and you know, I can illustrate because a lot of times illustrators they'll draw something, but they don't know how to set it up. You know, mm-hmm. the balance and the uh, type and everything, and you know, and with graphic design, it's like I got to get photos and stuff like that. So it's like I was in the best of both worlds with that.
0: Nice. So it sounds like your time there was pretty helpful, just in terms of setting you. Towards that that particular path,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got kicked out. Oh, I got kicked out of school. Yeah, the last, my last year, I got, I got kicked out, and um, it was kind of, I was, just, you know, I was kind of taking it for granted, of you know, being in there, and then the last year I was about to, I had like almost a couple of classes. To pass until I graduated, and the the one time ta- the the one class I thought I was gonna pass, I failed, mm. and then I was like boop. So I got the boot, and you know I was like, it's sort of like a depressed stage for like a year, you know, uh-huh. because you know my my parents like, hey, what are you doing down there? You ain't in the school. You ain't know, doing art, but then I, you know, I bounced back. And that's what, like the style I developed. Actually, I developed after, you know, the Art Institute of Atlanta. You know what I mean? So I think everything works out the way it's supposed to work out.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got what you needed from there in terms yeah, of like the skills yeah, and stuff, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. it was It was like the foundation because. A lot of stuff that I use now just is based off of the stuff I learned up in there.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Who are some of your like artistic influences?
1: Oh, um, like Henry Douglas, of course. Um, Kahende Wiley, and like around here in Atlanta, I have Flux, Matt Flux, um, Maya Bailey. Um, people, people, you mentioned earlier, occasional superstar uh, or humble, um, a man Mr soul. It's a, it's like so many to mention. Like I have outside, you know, people that inspire me, but then I have people in this city alone that I'll just watch it groan and do their thing. You know what I mean? So constantly, constantly going.
0: Now let's talk about the the art scene in Atlanta. Um, I feel like the art scene and the design scene in Atlanta are similar, but, but you know, they kind of run just in sort of separate tracks. Uh, I feel like there are some similarities, particularly, and we talked about this uh, before recording, uh, similarities in that oftentimes the communities here don't realize what they have until it's left and went somewhere else. Yeah. Um, what would you like to see from the art community here in Atlanta? Like, you've been a part of it, you know, for a, a really long time as a working artist. Um, what's your experience has been like?
1: I mean, it's, 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 it's wild because, you know, at first it was like, you know, people was doing art. And then um, like years back, um, like I mentioned, you know, just doing things with art piece and lyrics. They did a show. They did a show in the high museum, mm-hmm. and that was the first time. Like you know, they really recognized the locals. You know, and they had all local artists in there, and it was so many people out there that you know the fire marshal was like, "Yo, we can't let anybody people any more people up in there." So after that show, it was like then you start seeing people doing you know, more art shows and start trying to develop their own, you know, art shows and everything like that. So that started growing until now where people are building their own galleries or creating spaces for other artists to do their artwork, almost like, you know, how the goat farm is Mm -hmm. down here in Atlanta. So it's it's been a lot of growth. And then like, like we mentioned earlier about, you know, just the music industry and the movie industry, a lot of these artists are getting involved with what's going on down here. But it's just, I don't know, it was its it's not getting recognized like other locations. Like, and, and it's weird, but online when, you know, when I have other artists follow me from, of the communities outside of Atlanta, like Cali and all of that, they're like, man, we love what y'all are doing down there. And, you know, some of it, some of, some of them take what we were doing, what we've been doing as a blueprint to how they create the art community. But it's still, mm-hmm. we still known for reality shows and trap music. <laughs> 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 It was, art don't even yeah. mention. You know, unless you know, and which which have been happening because some of my peers have been on those reality shows where a particular person is investing in art. Like even um one of the artists I know um he actually created the art piece for Gucci Man wedding. Like that big weather that was on BET yeah. created that piece. They got in there. So people are figuring out how to get seen. You know what I mean? But it just, it's still like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. It's still that full recognition that's, that's having a tough time being seen.
0: Yeah, it's something about Atlanta. There's this weird tendency here for us to just not I guess appreciate what comes out of the city yet so yeah. many other people see it
1: yeah that's it right there because it was like they'll be like yo I didn't know he was there like I'm gonna use Freaknik as an example which is crazy but okay. <laughs> Freaknik was going on <laughs> Freaknik was going on for a minute down here and back in the 90s but they used to have Besides all the wild stuff that was going on, they used to have events at the park. They used to have different stuff going on where you can go to different locations and see entertainment and stuff like that. Then when the city caught on, they started denying people permits. Mm-hmm. They started blocking off the streets. Then people didn't have nowhere to go. And then they start roaming in the malls. And then it was more complaints about that until... Is over with. Yep. So it's like, instead of, okay, let's figure out how we can make this work. You know what I mean? It's like, they, they push it away. They push mm-hmm. it away. So it's wild. but but then I'm seeing the, the soccer craze. Yeah. With the, um, how they're embracing that. And then I think they should do the same thing with the Atlanta scene because it's, it's, just like that, where a bunch of different people getting together and creating dope art for the city,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. So, but, it's but wild, you know what? But, but you
0: know what the difference is in that, though, right?
1: <laughs> 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 I mean, we can talk yeah, about
0: it. It's a black show. We can talk show. about it. <laughs> we can talk about it. We know what we know what the difference is in why one's oh, yeah. being celebrated and one's not. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yup. That's always gonna be the. I mean, they trying. I mean, even with the new mayor talking about creating black historical murals
2: mm-hmm. for
1: the Super Bowl, but it was like, why wait for the Super Bowl? Yeah. You know, you should have, like, I give credit to this other artist named Peter Farrar. He do, like, this thing called Ford Warrior over there at Cabbage Town. And oh, yeah. It was like, yo how that go on through the city? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And we have certain artists that are doing it now, but like for humble and occasional Superstar, they've been touching the city. Plus, like like I said, with everybody with the former Warrior and everything like that, but it used to be over there in the Civic Center. It used to be like a, that parking lot used to be, it used to be called the, Dang, I forgot the name of it. But they used to just let people, artists, just tag that mm-hmm. whole area. That It was like graffiti all in that area. It was like people all around to go look at that area. And then they whitewashed it. You yeah. know, I Somebody else came in there and, you know, they whitewashed it. Oh, you're so. talking
0: about, not Croke Street, not the bridge. Is that what you're talking about? The tunnel? Not that. No,
1: nah, no, nah. It was even before then, it was it used to be called the Civic Yard. Okay. So, how Coke Street is now, it used to be like that over there. But it used to be over there near Peak Street. Like, that whole little area, people used to, different graffiti artists used to go over there and just tag, like, the flyest artwork on that wall. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, after a while, it was just gone.
0: Oh, I know what you're talking about now. It's over by Peachtree and Pine, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where that is, yeah.
1: So, yeah, so it's just like, like I went to Mexico and in April and every wall you see is like artwork on there. And mm-hmm. it was like, yo, Atlanta should be the same way. I agree. It should be the same way. But they tend to jump on the they, Like, they're the first in other things, but... When dealing with art, it seems
0: like they're last with it. Yeah. And I, I feel so, like there's like this. I mean, so full disclosure, people that are listening, I used to work. This was like back in 2005 ish or so, but I used to do some work with the Atlanta Convention and Visitors Bureau. So okay. I've been like in those rooms where you've got like the top people from the hotels and all this stuff. And they're trying to think about what are ways that we can like attract people to Atlanta And when I tell you that, aside from it being all white, they (laughs) only look at Atlanta as, like, the airport, the Peachtree Corridor, and, like, the sports teams. That's it. Anything outside of that, they don't really look at as Atlanta or worth even really sort of, like, celebrating or or putting up in some sort of way that people can celebrate it. That's not even a racial thing. That's, like, more of a... I don't even want to say it's like a neighborhood thing, but like, you know, even if you talk about like Decatur or the West Side or something like that, like they don't even look at that as like, oh, that's not Atlanta. When we talk about Atlanta, we're talking about the Braves and the Falcons and going to the aquarium and stuff like that. It's like all this sort of like family friendly ish sort of stuff. I think it's a bad way to look at Atlanta, especially because, I mean, one, there's just so much talent that's here across a bunch of different. I guess realms, you know, music, art, et cetera. But also it's very sanitized. Like people come yeah. here to Atlanta, they, they're not necessarily coming for that. I mean, you can spend five minutes in Atlanta and know it's a pretty black city yeah. and it has yeah. a lot of influences with music and art and stuff. I mean, the fact that so many people outside of the city can realize how much of the culture is driven from the city. But yet here in the city, the city tries to like do stuff like put up ordinances for murals and you know, sort of like what you were saying with uh, the Ford Warrior and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it, it's—I don't know—it's this weird, like push and pull kind of. I don't know. I'm loath to just call it racism because I feel like it's more than that. But I feel like race is a big part of it.
1: But then, but then the crazy part is, like even in Boulevard, you know, they start doing the. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? But now they got artists creating artwork. Like even on them power pole things, they had mm-hmm. like five or six different artwork. Artists creating artwork in that area. And it was like, why why didn't do that before? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, I give artists props because that's what they've been wanting to do. Mm -hmm. But it was like, wait till they change the area. You know, they wait till the areas change to, for that to happen.
0: Yeah. 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 That's, that's real. I think about like, especially like East Atlanta and stuff like that. I feel like they had to wait until that area, like cabbage town, Reynolds town, et cetera, started to get more gentrified. And then like yeah. the belt line and everything. And then you start seeing more artsy stuff there where it's like it was probably there all along and nobody recognized it. You know, it's it's a weird. It's so weird. I don't get it.
1: Even right now, it's like, you know, somebody bought the underground and soon as they bought it. I, I don't know if this is a German company bought it or whatever, but soon as they bought the underground, they got artists that's down here they're painting the little areas like the poles and stuff doing a great job too because i know a bulk of the artists doing a great job painting and i'm like yo why didn't y'all do that when <laughs> it's, 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 i don't know no so it's i mean
0: no go ahead go what
1: ahead no, i was about to ask you because you know you've been down here this is long and there's like what would you think might need to happen for them to like really like to improve, them.
0: like, like for the city to like improve its reputation like that? <laughs>
1: I mean, because,
0: OK, so like when I moved here, so I moved here right after the Olympics. It was like, I think a little like a few years, like right after Freaknik. But like Atlanta yeah. had this this energy and this culture that like was palpable. I don't know if it was just because like I grew up listening to Outkast and I mean I'm from Alabama so I'm not that far from from Georgia but like yeah. knowing that like Atlanta was like the place to be to be somebody and to go like th- that feeling that was there when I first moved here it just felt like there was like this Atlanta culture and like Atlanta still yeah. has its culture now but it's not the same you know it's because not like if like when there. you go to New Orleans and like you go to New Orleans like you know what New Orleans culture and everything. It's like, like you don't feel like, or at least maybe in some places that the city has tried to actively water down what makes it unique. I feel like with Atlanta, Atlanta is a city that is always trying to chase its identity. Something I mean, and this was, you know, this what I saw from working with ACVB. It's like every seven years or so, five to seven years, the city's like trying to find what it's new thing is that they want to be like now it's film and TV and entertainment. But, yeah, like, before but then, yeah, but, like, before then, they were trying to be this sort of family-friendly convention spot. Like, this was, like, right yeah. uh, right after Katrina. Because Katrina happened, then we got a lot of, like, businesses from conventions and stuff coming into the city because they couldn't go to New Orleans, so they'd come to Atlanta. And so they were yeah. trying to, like, build off of that. But then once, you know, New Orleans started coming back, they lost that business. And it's like, oh, well, what's the next thing that Atlanta is like, trying to be after the Olympics? Like, how do we keep this momentum going? And as they've kept that momentum going, I feel like they've stripped away the unique cultural things about Atlanta, which quite frankly are contributions by black and Brown folks. They've stripped that away in order to try to, I guess, appear more progressive and cosmopolitan and worldly. And I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel the same as far as what like needs to be done. Whoa. I don't know. That's a really tough question because I think it's a multi, it's a multifaceted problem. It's, Part of it is just with like how the city recognizes itself. I mean, I think we all know the difference between old Atlanta and new Atlanta. Like that's, that's not a all day. We know that difference. I feel like culture has taken a backseat in terms of progress. Like they've been trying to do so much to, you know, add more transit and more places for people to live and stuff like that. But it's also just stripped and eroded away the unique things that made Atlanta, Atlanta and there just needs to be a balance in that because some of that stuff is not. I mean, there's. I don't know if there's a way to even bring any of that old culture and stuff back, but I think just sort of moving forward, they need to consider
1: that. But they need to like a lot of my peers now. They've been doing it ten or eleven years, like with tattoo shops and doing art shows and like even my um my Bailey. He created like this Peter Street Station where it's mm-hmm. a whole building we're going to have our art on pottery, you know what I mean? Live music, you know, and it's like a bookstore. So it's like a lot of these, a lot of these artists now, like you mentioned, like that, know the feeling of old Atlanta, you know, they're trying to bring it back in their way in this present time. Yeah. You know? So I think that's the only way just to build it up. And, and a, a lot of these, artists are going to like some of these board meetings and everything like that because like you mentioned you don't want to be the only black person in there but if you gotta be the only black person in there you gotta be the one to represent and let them know what's going on.
2: Yeah absolutely
0: absolutely. God that's such a tough question because like I'm in the West End and I'm starting to see yeah, it gentrified now oh it's you're oh this Look, I feel like the West End is going to be in park in like five years from now. (laughs) Like I need to start looking for a new place to live (laughs) because I'm, because I'm already starting to see small changes happening. And I don't just mean like in terms of, of, you know, more white people moving here, but I'm starting to see, you know, just things in the neighborhood changing. And I'm like, I don't know what, you know, like for example, like on, like I live not far from corner Lee street and Abernathy and like anybody that's in the West End will tell you like, it's folks hanging out in the corner, oh, Muslim shit. selling bean pies and final call, et cetera. Like that makes that intersection and West End. That's a part of Atlanta. I don't I know what Atlanta would look I like did. without that. <laughs> you know, like if I went there and and like somebody was selling like fruit cups. Well, no, the Muslims sell fruit cups, too. That's not what I meant. But yeah. like if I go there and like it's just a clean, sanitized corner with like flower boxes, I'm like, what is this? I don't know what this is. This is not Atlanta. I don't understand, like, what this is that you're, like, trying to do here. So I get moving forward and, and progressing, but it just strips away the culture and the things that make the city unique, you know?
1: It can't work, but it's like, like you say, you can't push out the culture that's there and replace it and think it's the same thing.
2: Right, you right. You know
1: what I mean? That's what tend to happen. Because that happened like that even – during the Olympics, they start pushing a lot of people out just to present this pure image mm-hmm. for the Olympics. When it came down, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. So, and I've got people like create artwork on that corner murals and all of that, but it was just like I don't know. We just need to get more people involved. Yeah. To, like, recognize, like, to put a mirror in front of themselves, like, yo, this is worth something right here. You know, mm-hmm. let's just make it happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, even just the more that we talk about it and the more that it becomes a topic of conversation, the more people will pay attention to it. Yeah. I feel like that, that certainly is something that I want to see more happening because, like, you know, I work in design communities and stuff here, and, like, it's amazing how they will disregard half of the city when it comes to showcasing what's in Atlanta, like anything South of 20, if it ain't at the airport, they don't really want to talk about it unless it's maybe like East Atlanta or something or Decatur. But so like the fact that there is all this rich artistic history and artists and things that are, are going on here and designers and stuff like that. And it just feels like we're not paying attention to that, but we're trying to be the next New York or whatever, and we're not that. We're Atlanta, and we should be, uh, we you know, resolute stay
1: up late. We, in we being. City, yeah.
2: Oh man. <laughs> uh, what what man. advice
0: has has like stuck with you over the years? Like as you look back at your career as an artist and everything, what's motivated you?
1: Oh, just like I said, you know, my peers. And this being consistent, you know what I mean? And embracing the younger artists that's doing it because that tend to be an issue also where, you know, the older artists just brush off the younger artists and it's like, oh, you got to embrace them also because they're the future. You know what I mean? So it's like you, you help them out and you put them on, they put you on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if stuff they don't know about you can let them know how, okay, yo, we experienced the same thing, but it was a slight difference. But, it was the same thing as being an artist. And, they can handle the situation better just based off of the guidance. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of, you know, young artists out here that I respect and motivate me also to keep doing my thing. But the main thing is just staying consistent and, you know, supporting people when I can.
0: Who are so, some of those so, younger artists?
1: They got this group. They call themselves the Chinese Food. And it's like five different artists. We got photographers, painters, digital artists, all that, all in one group. Mm-hmm. And their model was like, we all eat. So... <laughs> <laughs> So they you know, usually in shows they have like their own hoodies on, they come dressed alike, but they support each other and they support other artists and they respect the older artists. They be like, yo, T the device, OG and they do their own thing also. You know, what I mean, they create their own shows and they build their own capital and stuff like that. And and I'm thinking at their age I wasn't even I was just trying to figure out where the next meal is going to come from. Instead of, <laughs> you know, instead of art, they're building a community, and they they understand the fact of a brand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of a lot of these artists are doing now. They recognize the fact of creating a brand and creating a following, and you know, and you got some older artists that are still struggling with that idea. So. I always tip my hat off to them. Okay, a bunch of other ones.
0: I'm about to look them up. I hadn't heard of them. I'll I'll definitely look them up. So when you, (laughs) (laughs) so where do you see yourself in like the next five years? Like, what kind of work do you want to be doing?
1: I mean, of course, better artwork, of course. But I'm just trying to get more people to get into art, especially like. It's weird how people got to wait till Jay-Z say invest in art to invest in art. Oh, you know please, I mean?
0: please talk about that. Let's Can we talk about that? <laughs> please. No, no, I'm sorry. Keep going, keep going. I do want to talk about that, but keep going.
1: <laughs> but it is, but, it, but that's the thing is like, and I mean, and there's always a dual sword with that because some people are, Damn, I'm glad he said that, you know what I mean? Because they recognize the opportunity of people actually investing in art. But then you got other people that get upset like, yo, I've been telling them, and they got to wait for Jay-Z to say it. And it's like, yo, as long as the information is out there, it can help your pitch into the selling your artwork. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. But it's still weird that you have to wait to a celebrity do that for you to actually Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to come to one of your art shows. Yeah. you
2: know I know you've been telling me about it for like 15 years, but <laughs> yeah, we got to invest in art. You know? <laughs> yeah, we got to invest in
0: art. You know, so. Yeah, it's so weird how sometimes stuff has to get like that celebrity cosign before someone's like, you know what? LeBron said do it, I'll do it. And I'm like, yeah. but, but but we've been telling you all this time, you know
1: but that's how Atlanta is in general. You know what I mean? They yeah. they got to wait till somebody else say that that's hot. New York saying such and such is hot in Atlanta. Atlanta going to follow up instead of, instead of being the first person that should have been pushing that out there.
2: Mm-hmm. You know
1: what I mean? And that's been the thing. But, yeah, I, I just want more people to, you know, invest in art and you know, and I try to make my artwork affordable so you can at least have something to start with.
2: Yeah.
1: And school your kids or school kids or whatever to like, yo, support your local artists. They don't have to be Boscot.
2: Yeah.
1: Buying art don't have to be Biscoat or all these other high-end artists where you know it's like a million or something dollars, you know you ain't gonna never get it, you know what I mean? Well, I'm not gonna say that, but it's it's you're better off supporting your up-and-coming local artists, you know what I mean? And it helps everybody out, and it helps everybody out, and a lot of what's been teaching, and you know, so that's why a lot of these shows have been coming into play where people can actually invest, start. And we know a couple of teachers, and they bring us out to their schools and mm-hmm. talk to. Because I did that, like, I think about in April also, I went to a school, and it was like a all men school, well, all mm-hmm. boys school up in, I think it was, what was it Indicator? And they seeing us, they can relate. It's not like, you know, we, we sort of just like them, sort of. You know, nobody wear those tight pants, but we sort of just like them, mm-hmm. and like regular, you know, like
0: regular folks, top,
1: right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, us explaining them about being a black man and an artist mm-hmm. at the same time, and it was like, okay, we can relate, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like once you get people able to relate, it's easier for for you to give them that pitch because mm-hmm. it's like you know we walk y'all you about to walk the same footsteps we walk in and we just letting you know in advance yeah that you know the importance of some of the decisions you're making yeah you know what I mean so that's sort of the path I'm on it's tough sometimes but I got a work gig so I could afford to price stuff reasonable and, and I do commission artwork and a lot of times it's of them or their family. So they're they're headed in the right direction, you know what I mean? But it's mm-hmm. just putting it out there. Yeah.
0: Well, Goldie, just to kind of wrap things up here, where can our audience find out more about you and about your work online?
1: Oh, they got Instagram. They can check me at G-O-L-D-I-G-O-L-D. 45 i'll be mainly on that and i have i will say my blogs but investinggold.bigcartel.com but that's like mostly my t-shirts but it had my artwork on there so you know they could support me with that but a lot of times on instagram i you know i might shoot a link to where to get certain things and all of that
2: okay All right.
0: Sounds good. Cause yeah, I definitely want people to be able to to check out your work and buy your art and everything. So we'll put links to all of that stuff in the show notes. So man, Goldie Gold, I want to thank you again so much for coming on the show for really, I mean, aside from just telling your story and you know sharing with us a little bit of your process also just kind of, I think, illustrating to our audience who quite frankly may not know, I mean, we have an international audience, but in general, for people who don't know, kind of how, I guess, I don't want to say skewed the the Atlanta art culture scene is here. And I don't want it to just come off like it's like oil and water here. You know, I don't want it to come off like that. But I, I know that there are so many people that get inspired by stuff that comes out of Atlanta, by the cultural exports of Atlanta. And I want them to know that who the people are behind doing some of this stuff, what it's like actually here. Like, come to Atlanta for art. Like, Atlanta has such a dope Art scene in general, you know, Goldie, yeah. some of the people that he's mentioned, some of these events that he's mentioned, like come to Atlanta for that, and I guarantee you'll have a dope time. And again, I'm just glad you come on the show and share all of that. And uh, yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, man. I appreciate you, too, man. When I found out you were in Atlanta, I was like, yes. You got to come and to express what's going on it ain't just coming from me you know you you see it
2: on myself you know yeah. I mean? so, that was dope thoughts of love are in your mind and that's it
0: for this week big thanks to Goldie Gold and thanks to you for listening you can find out more about Goldie and his work through the links in the show notes at revisionpath.com also thanks as always to our sponsors Facebook Design Glitch Google Design and MailChimp With a community of over two billion people, the design team at Facebook works on a diverse range of problems. Everything Facebook designs is done at scale, so research, content strategy, data, and other factors are a huge part of how they work. Sounds interesting? Then learn more about Facebook design and what they do at facebook.com forward slash design. Glitch is the friendly- Glitch is the friendly community where you'll build the web app of your dreams. Now, if you've seen Glitch, you might think, oh, this looks like a toy. But let me tell you, it's not. It runs on the exact same infrastructure and engine that the best developers in the world use to run their apps. And it's all built around a friendly community of coders, designers, developers, artists, activists, and educators. Basically, people just like you. Get started on making something awesome today at Glitch.com. Google Design is a cooperative effort led by designers, writers, and developers at Google. They work across teams to publish original content, produce great events, and foster creative and educational partnerships that advance both design and technology. For more information on news, design resources, and their design podcasts, check them out at design.google. MailChimp is the world's largest marketing automation platform. They support millions of customers from small e-commerce shops to big online retailers, and they support the creative community as well. MailChimp really gives you the marketing tools to be yourself on a bigger stage. Visit MailChimp.com and sign up for a free account today. MailChimp. Send better email. Revision Path is brought to you by Lunch, a multidisciplinary creative studio in Atlanta, Georgia. This episode was edited by RJ Basilio and produced by me, Maurice Cherry. Our intro voiceover is by Music Man Dre with intro and outro music by Yellow Speaker. If you like this episode, then please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a minute or two. It helps more people learn about the show, not just here in the U.S., but internationally as well. It also helps the show out by bumping us up in the Rankings for Design podcast. And I'll even read your review right here on the show. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.